Welcome in and welcome back, Nightwings. This is episode 27 of the Horror Headquarters. Today, we're going to dive into one of the most infamous cases in American history, a case that took the media and the world by storm in the 1960s and the 70s. A case that left so many families with unanswered questions and still terrorizes people around the world as they try to decipher the multiple messages, letters, and mysteries that still keep people all around the world up at night. This is the bone-chilling story of the Zodiac Killer. The Zodiac Killer was a serial killer who terrorized Northern California in the late 1960s and early 1970s. The killer's identity still remains unknown till this day, and the case is famous for the cryptic messages and taunting letters sent to the press and police by the perpetrator. The Zodiac is linked to at least five murders, although some believe there could be more victims. Despite extensive investigations and numerous suspects, the case today still remains unsolved, making it one of the most infamous unsolved serial killer cases in history. And it all began on December 20th, 1968, when the killer claimed two of its first victims, David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen. David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen were 17 and 16 years old, respectively. The young couple was on their first date when they ended up getting shot and killed by the Zodiac Killer. They were located in Benicia, California. The couple had planned to attend a Christmas concert at Hogan High School, about three blocks from Jensen's home. They visited a friend before stopping at a local restaurant and driving out on Lake Herman Road, which was known to be a popular area for young couples. Forensic data discovered speculates that another car pulled into the turnout just prior to 11 p.m. and parked beside the couple's car. The killer exited the second car and walked towards the Rambler, and it is said that he possibly ordered the two to get out of the car. When Faraday was halfway out of the car, he shot him in the head, and then ended up shooting Jensen five times in the back as she fled. Her body was found 28 feet from the car. The killer immediately drove away from the scene, and shortly after 11pm, their bodies were found by Stella Borgs, who lived nearby. Now, as a result of the double murder, the Solano County Sheriff's Department investigated the crime, but no leads developed. And this inevitably led to the next murders that took place on July 4th, 1969, and the two victims were Darlene Farron and Michael McGowan. The location for this murder site was at Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, California, four miles from the Lake Herman Road murder site. The couple was again inside of their car when they were killed, and before they were murdered, they were sitting in their car and a second car drove into the lot and parked alongside them, but almost immediately drove away. 
Returning about 10 minutes later, the second car parked right behind them, exited and approached the passenger door of Ferrant's car, carrying a flashlight and a 9mm Luger. The killer directed the flashlight into Magoo and Ferrant's eyes before shooting at them, firing five times. Both victims were hit and several bullets passed from one person into the other and he started to walk away and then he turned back and shot each victim twice more before driving off. Now you'd be surprised to find out that Magoo survived the attack and provided a description of the assailant to police. Now here's where it gets insane and crazy at the same time. On July 31st, 1969, the first letter believed to be from the Zodiac Killer was received from the Vallejo Time Herald newspaper. The letter contained details of the murders of David Faraday and Betty Lou Jensen as well as Michael Magoo and Darlene Farron. It also included a cryptogram with a message purposely revealing the killer's identity. This letter marked the beginning of the Zodiac Killer's communication with the press and law enforcement leading to widespread public fascination with the case. Now for those of you that don't know what a cryptogram is, it's a type of puzzle that consists of a short piece of encrypted text. So basically it's a bunch of letters, symbols, and a bunch of other things incorporated into this letter. Now you'd be surprised to find out that a little bit more than a week later, the first letter was decrypted by a school teacher and his wife, Donald and Betty Harden, just days after its publication. Now the decryption of this letter is very chilling and it, every time I read it, it sends chills down my spine. So just be prepared and here is what was decrypted from that first letter. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and those I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife and then at the end of the letter it had 18 letters that are still unsolved and not determined until this day and those letters are e b e o r i e t e m e t h h p i t i now as i said people do not know what this still is translated to Till this day, this is still trying to be solved today. But that is the letter, that is the very first letter that was decoded from the Zodiac Killer. Now you're probably interested in how this so-called Zodiac Killer got his initial name. It wasn't revealed until August 7th when they received a letter with the salutation, Dear Editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. This is the first time that he announced, or she, announced their name and they went by the Zodiac.
September 27, 1969 is the date of the next murder between Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard. The location was in Napa County, California as the couple was relaxing by the lake when they were approached by the Zodiac Killer wearing a black hood with a cross-like symbol on it. He ended up tying them up, stabbed them repeatedly, and then drew his symbol on Hartnell's car door. Both victims ended up surviving the initial attack, but Shepard later died from her injuries. And it's another bone-chilling thing what he wrote on his car. He put his infamous symbol, a circle with a cross in it. He wrote Vallejo, 12-20-68-7-4-69, September 27th, 69-630, by knife. So he's basically taking accountability, or she, taking accountability for all of these different murders and what was going on. Because as we know, December 20th, 1968 was the first murder. The second one was July 4th, 1969. And then this one was September 27th, 69 as well at 630. And after looking further into the data of this specific murder, it was said that the murderer or the guy that was hooded was a white male, 5 foot 11, weighing more than 170 pounds. So it is a male, it is not a woman in this case. And it's so disgusting that Hartnell ended up suffering 6 wounds and then Shepard suffered 10. Hence why she ended up dying, unfortunately. They obviously were a lot more serious and severe than Hartnell's. Not to say that both weren't injured, of course. And at 7.40pm, the killer called the Napa County Sheriff's Department from a pay telephone at a car wash in downtown Napa and he stated that he wished to report a murder and then dash no, a double murder, before saying that he committed the crime. Now what's crazy is that a radio reporter by the name of Pat Stanley found the phone still off of the hook on the payphone a few minutes later and the phone was located a few blocks from the sheriff's office and 27 miles away from the crime scene. The detectives ended up lifting a still wet palm print from the phone but they were never able to match it to any suspect. Like that's insane. That's so crazy to me that they had a fingerprint, they scanned it and they didn't find anything in the records. That's wow. I would have immediately taken that fingerprint, compared it to all the letters, looked for any sign of DNA that could have connected all the letters together just to ensure that it was the same person, which I'm obviously, I'm sure they did, but going back to the story at hand, after hearing the victim's screams for help, it was a man and his son that were fishing in a nearby cove that discovered Hartnell and Shepard tied up and they got help by contacting the park rangers. Now Shepard was conscious when Collins arrived and provided him a detailed description of the attacker. They were both taken to the Queen of the Valley Hospital in Napa by ambulance. Unfortunately, Shepard left into a coma during the transport and she never regained consciousness and died two days later. Hartnell survived to recount his tale to the press and the Napa County detective Ken Narlow, who was assigned to the case from the outset, worked on solving the crime until his retirement from the department in 1987.
Now this next murder was the last official confirmed murder by the Zodiac Killer, and it took place two weeks later on October 11th, 1969, when a white male passenger entered a taxi driven by Paul Stein at the intersection of Mason and Geary Streets, which was one block west from the Union Square in downtown San Francisco. And he wanted to be driven to Washington and Maple Streets in Presidio Heights. And at approximately 9.55 p.m., the passenger shot Stein once in the head with a 9mm handgun, took his wallet and car keys, and tore away a section of his shirt, basically as a type of reward. And then three teenagers across the street witnessed everything going on and phoned the police department while the crime was in progress. They observed the killer wiping the cab down before walking away. Multiple patrol officers responded to the call and they observed a white male walking along the sidewalk east of Jackson Street and stepping onto a stairway leading up to the front yard of one of the residential homes on the north side of the street. But this encounter lasted only 5 to 10 seconds and they ended up getting a bunch of descriptions from the pedestrians that saw everything going on, all the witnesses, and they ended up describing the suspect to be 25 to 30 years old with a crew cut standing approximately 5 feet 8 inches to 5 feet 9 inches. Now here's another crazy part about this particular murder scene. One of the police officers phoned in and said to look out for a black suspect. So the two patrol officers that saw that white male walk up those steps of a residential home they just drove away, they ignored it, and they started looking for a different person. They literally passed the perpetrator without stopping. And this particular mix-up in descriptions remains unexplained. A search ensued, but no suspects were found. Now, this particular murder was initially believed to be a routine robbery that eventually escalated into homicidal violence. But on October 13th, the Chronicle received a new letter from the Zodiac that claimed credit for the killing and contained a torn section of Stein's bloody shirt as proof. The letter also included a threat about killing school children on a school bus. To do this, the Zodiac wrote, just shoot out the front tire and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. Now, while there were threats made against schools and school buses in letters attributed to the Zodiac Killer, there's no actual cemented evidence to suggest that such an attack actually occurred. Now this next murder attempt is suspected to be attributed to the Zodiac Killer, but it's not confirmed. This one took place on March 22, 1970. The victim was Kathleen Johns. The location was on a highway near Modesto, California. Kathleen was driving with her infant daughter when she was forced off the road by a man claiming to be a police officer. He told her that he observed that one of her wheels was wobbling and offered to tie in the lug nuts. After finishing this, he drove off, yet when Johns pulled forward to re-enter the highway, the wheel almost immediately came off the car. The man then returned, offering to drive her to the nearest gas station for help. Johns and her daughter ended up climbing into his car, and during the ride, the car ended up passing several service stations 
and he didn't end up stopping. He drove for 90 minutes straight without stopping, and when Johns asked why he wasn't stopping, he would change the subject. Knowing something was going on, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumped out at an intersection into a field. The driver then searched for her using a flashlight, telling her that he would not hurt her before eventually giving up and driving off. When Johns finally went to the police station, she noticed the sketch that was made from the Stein killing and recognized the man who had abducted her and her child. Police patrol ended up driving to where John's car was on the highway, and when it was found, it had been gutted and torched. Now the reason why this specific case wasn't connected to the Zodiac Killer and there wasn't concrete evidence is because there were so many different police reports that John's ended up giving and none of them ended up lining up. Because one report she said that she was searched in the dark with a flashlight and another she stated that he didn't even leave the vehicle so this inevitably caused the police to not connect this specific abduction to the Zodiac Killer. I have to take into account the Zodiac Killer's motive and his track record and how he ended up doing all the different murders. None of them are exactly the same. There's something that differs them all from each other, yet for some reason they all seem so intertwined and connected. Now the FBI and many police believe that this is where the reign of the Zodiac Killer ended, but the Zodiac Killer thought otherwise. last letter sent by the Zodiac Killer was titled The Exorcist Letter and it was sent on January 29th 1974 to the San Francisco Chronicle and it has a very long text so I'm only gonna highlight the important stuff that I definitely want to talk about. It stated the following. This is the Zodiac speaking. By the way, have you cracked the last cipher I sent you? My name is blank. And it has 13 different symbols and letters incorporated into it. And it follows by stating, I am the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmases at Lake Herman, plus the girl on the 4th of July near the golf course in Vallejo where I picked her up. To prove this, I shall state some facts which I only, plus the police know. And he goes on to list every single detail from how the person died, the type of gun used, the ammo, where they were shot, and they all lined up to the description that the police received. And he also stated this. Here is a cipher I'm going to use. To get this code, you must decipher the first word. Plus, then you will have the whole thing. I will be clipping a segment from the cop's pig, plus sending it to you in a brown paper bag. Now this letter, like many of the others attributed to the Zodiac Killer, are filled with cryptic messages, threats, and claims of responsibility for murders. Now it is said that the Zodiac Killer claimed in multiple interviews that he killed upwards of 38 people and that the police failed to discover the other victims of his killing spree. Now you might be wondering, are there any suspects or were there any suspects that were linked to the Zodiac Killer? Yes, some of the most notable suspects include Arthur Leigh Allen, who was one of the most prime suspects in the Zodiac case due to circumstantial evidence including his resemblance to witness descriptions and alleged incriminating statements. 
There was even one witness who ended up looking at him at a police station and stating that that is who attacked him that day. However, Allen consistently denied involvement and DNA testing conducted in 2002 did not match the DNA found at the crime scenes. But still many people out there believe that this is the person that was responsible. Now another suspect goes by the name of Lawrence Kane and he was considered a suspect due to his criminal history and resemblance to a sketch of the Zodiac Killer. He ended up getting arrested in 1970 for kidnapping and assaulting a woman, but he died in a fire before he could fully be investigated in connection with the Zodiac crimes. So this basically leaves it open-ended. It could be him. Now, of course, there have been various others over the years, countless individuals that have been considered suspects in the Zodiac case included convicted criminals, individuals with mental health issues, and even some who were previously unknown to law enforcement. However, none have been definitively linked to the crimes. And despite extensive investigations and ongoing public interest, the true identity of the Zodiac Killer remains one of the most enduring mysteries in American criminal history. And just saying that line sends shivers down my spine because to this day there are people that dedicate their entire lives to try and discover who was behind all of these murders, all these cryptic messages. There's all these different groups that end up researching and trying to decipher this last letter that has the 13 symbols that states what the name of the Zodiac Killer is. As I said earlier in this exorcist letter, he says my name is and he has 13 symbols and still no one is able to decipher it. And though many people today believe that they have found the culprit and deciphered the message, there still isn't any cement evidence on any of the suspects. widespread interviews, documentaries, docu-series, movies that have been done based on the Zodiac Killer and people trying to identify and claim that they have discovered a potential breakthrough in who the Zodiac Killer actually was. But none of them have proved to be successful. And though many of them have left unanswered questions, this specific story is always resurfacing on the internet, in social media, across the globe because people believe that they have finally deciphered the message. Truly, if you search up the Zodiac Killer today as I'm doing right now as I'm recording this, there's something from one day ago, there's something from September 6, 2023, but people are always discussing this case because of how popular it is, especially right now. There's a lot of people talking about it. And there was recently something released on the History Channel titled The Unexplained, The Zodiac Killer's Deadly Code Explored, which discusses a group of three people that have decoded one of the letters. And after doing so, the FBI released a statement on the Zodiac Cipher stating that the cipher was recently solved by private citizens and that the Zodiac Killer case remains an ongoing investigation for the FBI San Francisco Division and our local law enforcement partners. So this is still going on till this day. 
but the one, as I've said, that people still cannot decipher is the C-13-1, or the exorcist letter, that states the name of the Zodiac Killer. And in this documentary that I was watching from the History Channel, at the end, the guy says that this cipher will literally make you pull your hair out, because looking at it at first glance, it looks very simple and very easy to break apart. But it isn't, and people to this day, as I've said, are still dedicating their lives to deciphering this as well as the other letters that were sent by the Zodiac Killer that remain unsolved. Doing research on this specific case has been one of the most haunting experiences of my life and I'm not over exaggerating that. I didn't just do very thin research, I dove deep, I watched documentaries, did research, even printed out the Zodiac Killer's letters and they're terrifying, they're haunting and seeing these during that period was probably one of the most horrific things that anyone could have experienced during that time because they didn't know if they were going to be next. They were unsafe to leave their houses. They were terrified all of the time and they still are till this day because after that last letter in 1974, communication was cut off. So 1974, what year are we in right now? 2024, 50 years later and we still don't know who did all of this. And I'm going to be looking into this even more and I probably will most likely be doing a follow-up episode on this specific case whenever more details are released to the public because the most recent one was 2021. So the new information could be coming out any second, any day and I'm eager to find out who the actual killer was because it is in that letter and when that name is released, the public is going to explode. Now it's your turn. Do you think that the Zodiac Killer is still out there? Do you think that one of the suspects is the Zodiac Killer? Do you think you can decipher the letter, the infamous letter known as Z13 or the Exorcist letter? Let me know in the comments below what your guys' thoughts are on this episode, on this case, on this insane, oblivious case that is out of this world. And if you aren't on Spotify, please send me a voice message of your thoughts. Because voice messages are for every single person, regardless if you're on Spotify or not. But if you are on Spotify, leave something in the Q&A and participate in the poll, of course, under this episode as well. I am eager to see what you guys come up with and what your thoughts are on this episode. Now I'm going to quickly skim over the poll results from the previous episode, titled Benjamin Franklin's Dark Side. The question was, do you think Benjamin Franklin was involved? If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go and give our previous episode a lesson. 42% of people stated absolutely, 33% of people stated no doubt in my mind, 17% stated that it was all William Hewson, and only 8% of people said he only knew about it. 
And we also have a Q&A response for this question. Someone stated, all these figures from back then had an evil side. I very much agree with that because the more that we continue to dive deep into their histories, the more we realize of all the mysteries surrounding all these figures that were going on back then. So I appreciate you dropping that. That's from Alan. Thank you, Alan. And thank you to everyone who participated in the poll and in the Q&A. Detective Goggles Off, Nightlings. This marks the end of episode 27 of the Horror Headquarters. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in and for listening to me discuss this crazy case. And I'm hoping you guys take something away from this, whatever that may be. Maybe you learned about this for the first time. Maybe you learned new facts about it. Or you're probably already educated on the subject, whether you're majoring in true crime, whether you're majoring in lawyer or anything like that. I really just hope you guys enjoyed my input on this specific case because I really enjoyed doing research on it and I'm excited to continue doing research on it. Now, if you guys are new here, please hit that follow button. Make sure to rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media. All of the links are below in the description. But we are the Horror Headquarters on Instagram, TikTok, and at the Horror HQ on Twitter. Please send us a message, tag us in one of your posts. We will be more than happy to discuss it in a future episode. Our newsletter is also linked below in the description on every single podcast platform. So make sure to sign up for updates on new episodes, merch releases, and so many more surprising announcements to come. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Horror Headquarters logging off. And until next time, tread very lightly and pray for forgiveness from the Zodiac Killer. Midnight Hour is right around the corner. Mm -hmm.